So anyway, I want you to take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. I um, just want to talk to you lightly tonight. I'm just, I got a few other things on my mind. But the um, Lord takes care of all those things. So here in the book of Ephesians, I want you to look there in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. And let's just start in verse 3. Verse 3. We're just going to hit a few verses here and a few verses there and then go to another place and hit a few more verses and a few comments here and there. But in Ephesians in chapter 1, in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, remember we talked about the, the book of Ephesians and uh, being the body of Christ, and a lot of things talked about the body, the body. And uh, the book of Colossians deals with the head, which is Christ. And the body is supposed to walk in, uh, you know, harmony with, uh, with the head. The head tells the body what to do. That's supposed to be the case with you and I. Your body shouldn't do anything your mind doesn't tell it to do. You know, if it is connected. Now, I have met people who have, you know, gone out of the house and they forgot their head. You know, they think, you know, I'm glad it was attached anyway. Otherwise, you would have forgot that. But he makes a statement, God hath blessed us. And that's because we are in him. We're in Christ. So our position in Christ gets us all kinds of advantages. Now, we get in Christ simply because we have trusted Christ as our Savior. So the next verse says, according as he hath chosen us in him. Now, God has chosen all those that are in Christ to be holy and without spot and before him and blameless and predestined for heaven. So uh, predestination is the security of every believer. Now, foreknowledge, knowing things in advance, is an attribute of God. So we have the uh, predestination and we have foreknowledge. And um, predestination is an act of God. It's what he does. Uh, One's what he knows. God may know what you're going to do, but he doesn't predetermine what you do. But there's things that he has determined because of your choices that you have, have made. So when you trusted Christ as your Savior, before the foundation of the world, God has already determined to take all of those that are in Christ. And you're going to be seated in the heavenlies in Christ, blessed with all kinds of spiritual blessings. Now, there's other things that, yes, God's going to do for us. And uh, that's coming on down the road, and we'll take a look at that. But here in verse 4, those two little words are very important. In Him. Before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now that's because of his love for us. Now of course as we study more of the scriptures we find out that we're supposed to love the Lord. And uh, that's not different from the commandment that he gave in the Old Testament under the law. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And about loving one another. All that's still in the New Testament. Just because we're not under the law doesn't mean that, well, I don't have to love God and I don't have to love anybody because that's law and you can't put me under the law. (laughs) Well, the fulfillment of the law is done by love itself. So there is a a reason, motivation behind all of this. Now look what he says in verse 5. 
having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of, see those two are his will. This is what God wants to do, to accomplish, and um, this is for his honor and for his glory. You and I are going to be little trophies of God's grace. Then he makes a statement there in verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted. And here's those words again. In the beloved. In him I am accepted. Now, we know we read in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 where it talks about that uh, we are accepted. And we are, our works are going to be accepted when we get to heaven because of what we have done for Christ. If it was done because you love the Lord. So there's reasons. But we want an understanding between we are accepted because we are in Christ. And this is why as you go down through here you see these phrases mentioned over. Now look in verse 10. He says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together and want all things in Christ. Both which are in heaven and which are on earth even in him. Now we believe that in dispensational teaching of all the dispensations that there are. The kingdom upon the earth is going to be the fulfillment of all the dispensations. And all dispensations are going to come together in one head at that time. Those in heaven and those on earth will all be together. So it's going to be one big happy party. It's going to be a thousand years long. So it's a great time of celebration. I mean, because we're going to be here. We're going to have glorified bodies. There will still be people that um, will have natural bodies. And they will still have children. And... Um, I don't know if uh, we're going to finish eating at the marriage supper of the Lamb or we just eat for a thousand years. I wouldn't mind that. Just eat and eat and eat. But he says all this is because we are in Christ. This is going to happen. There are some people who teach that um, unless you're faithful, you're not going to be in the kingdom. And that uh, you're going to be excluded from the kingdom. I do not believe that. I believe that once you trust Christ as Savior, you're with the Lord. And he'll never leave you and never forsake you. And wherever he is, there shall you be also. And I don't think he'll ever cast me out. He won't do it here. Why would he do it there? And so I have a problem with those. And some of those are people like uh, Jody Dillard who wrote a book on, uh, what was it? It was a big old thick book, A Reign of the Servant Kings. I have some problem with that book. Sounds, I mean, it's in depth, and it's a, it's a deep book and so forth, but I just disagree with their conclusions of some of the matters. But anyway, you notice there in verse 11, notice the first two words, in Christ. Now, what I'm talking about right now is what we have because we are in Him. We're in Christ. And so, this is what makes the book of Galatians in chapter 2 so important, and we'll look at that in just a second. But notice in verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory. In other words, God has designed all of this, salvation by grace and not by works, so that we would be to the praise of his glory. In other words, we have to give him praise, we have to give him glory because of what God hath done, because we couldn't do it. This is what makes Ephesians 2, 8, 9 so important, because it says, not of works lest any man should Boast, because if he could boast, he could take praise and he could take honor away from the Lord. The Lord is the one who saved us, and we are placed in Christ because of our faith in what he did for us. So Christ did the work, and we have the results of it. Now, notice the very next verse in verse 13. It said, in whom, in Christ, he says, 
you also, you trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You put your trust in Christ. And therefore, you have now been sealed by the Holy Spirit. You belong to the Lord. And you're sealed until the day of redemption, until you get your new body. So that's forever. Because I'm going to get a new body. And so I am sealed for a pretty long time. And he'll never leave me and never forsake me. So this is why it's important. Now look in chapter 2. In chapter 2, you know, look down in verse 21, where it says, In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord. In other words, it's like all the believers in Christ, upon the foundation, the Holy Spirit is building all of us builders, us uh, individuals, as living stones, as it says in the book of Peter, into a holy temple, which will be the tabernacle of where God will dwell. Now, we know he indwells us, and we know that we indwell him. So I believe it's, uh, it's wonderful and it's great and all that. Now, take your Bible and turn to the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians in chapter 11. 2 Corinthians in chapter 11. I believe that it is important to understand that when we trust Christ as our Savior, we are placed in Him. And so that's why we have this called positional peace. What is your position when you trust in Christ? You are in Christ. So that is your position that will not and cannot change. That's why it cannot be lost. Now, the other way we look at it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, me in Christ is what gets me to heaven because of his work for me. So that is a positional truth. I am in him. So wherever he is, that's where I am. Now, the other side of this is I am really on the earth right now. So it's Christ in me. Christ in me is for here and now but when I look at my position, which is in Christ, that's in the heavenlies, and that is very secure. Now, when I trusted Christ as my Savior, I got all of the Savior that I'll ever need. Now, it's about, does he have all of me that he wants? See, in spite of all that he's done for me, I'm supposed to now, in this life, in this period of time, realize that, Christ in me. Christ in me. Now, why is he in me? That's his position. My position is I'm in him. His position, he is now in me. But that's because I'm here. And since I'm here on the earth, he wants to live in me, through me, to accomplish his will. And that was the plan that he had from a long time ago. And this is mentioned in the book of Colossians in chapter 1. Now, not... Everybody had this knowledge because it was a truth that had been hidden in times past, but revealed to the Apostle Paul about this Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, I know I'm going to be in heaven, but to realize that Christ himself, God himself, lives inside of me, and that my body becomes the temple of the living God. Why? God must want to do something. God must want to do something because he lives inside of me. And therefore, these scriptures, I believe, are very important. While we're right here in 2 Corinthians in chapter 10 or 11, look in chapter 12 and verse 9. Chapter 12, verse 9. 
because Christ is in me, Christ is in you. When we are weak, he is strong. See there in that verse where he makes a statement, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong, because Christ lives within me. This is now. See, I've got a good, secure position in Christ that can never be changed. But on the earth, our, our yieldedness to the Lord changes all the time. And that's why we have to be very careful. Now take your Bible, look in the book of Galatians in chapter 2. The book of Galatians. In Galatians in chapter 2, this is why the Apostle Paul makes this position, or the statement, because of it kind of puts both of these things together. I was crucified with Christ in verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Now, even though I was crucified, I, I really wasn't crucified. But he was crucified in my place. So I, I'm really alive, and I never really did die. But his death is put to my account like I did do it. Because remember, he did it in my place. In other words, if like tomorrow they're going to drag me out here and they're going to they're shoot me. And, um, and Bob Gilbert says, I'll take his place. I'll let him take my place. I could say, Bob took my place. He died in my place. So I'm alive, but you're not going to do it? And I'm in heaven. <laughs> that will be his position. <laughs> he will, he'll be in heaven. <laughs> but Christ, see, he did it for us, and he came back from the dead. So he says, nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Christ in me. Now, Christ living in me means I'm here on earth now. Christ is living in me. Now, we often make the statement that whenever um, you trust Christ as Savior, well, you're a dead person. And if you're dead, then the law can't touch you. That's why you can never be condemned again, because the law can't touch a dead man. So look what he says here in verse 19. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. The law killed me. I died. Why? Because it did it to Christ. He did it in my place. So in God's eyes, see, I died, and I was crucified, and I came back from the dead. So I'm now supposed to live like a man who has literally died in this world and came back to life. So I have been born again. I'm a, I was alive in the flesh. I died, and I live again. Just like Christ was here, he was alive, and he was buried, and he rose again. He rose from the dead. He's living you and I are supposed to be living as though we have already died to the world. Now, that's easy preaching. See how easy that was to preach that? What's the hard part? Living it. Living your life though like that is true. How are you doing? That's why you and I, well, if, um, if I died right now, I died right now, and my body's laying up here, you could tell a joke and I wouldn't, I wouldn't laugh. Why? I'm dead. If you told a sob story, I won't cry. Because I'm, I'm dead. 
If you came up here and you poked me with your foot, I wouldn't hit you back. Because, see, I didn't feel it. Why? I'm dead. See, if I'm dead, then there's nothing this world should be able to do to me to upset me concerning that which God wants me to do. So you see, whatever you did to me, if my body now belongs to the Lord, you did it to him. And he's going to get you. See, I won't have to, but he's going to get you. Because you see, my body is his body. He's using it. It's really mine, but he's using it. And he can use it any way he wants for as long as he wants. Now, if we really understood this, it could help us an awful lot in our attitudes about a lot of things. But you see, that power to do this is Christ in me here now. Now, I was placed in Christ 57 years ago. That is my position that I have in Christ. His position is in me now. And one of these days, he's going to quicken this body of mine, and it's going to be changed like unto his glorious body. And then I'm going to be with the Lord. But the law, see, can't touch a dead man because when you're dead, you don't have to obey the laws anymore. If you're paying taxes now and you died, you don't have to pay them anymore. Your wife might. They may come after you in some way, but you're dead. You're not paying anything anymore. You're dead. And it doesn't matter what they do because, you see, when you're dead, you're dead. Now, God sees you in Christ as a dead man to the world. But God left you here so that he could use your body. Now, let's say if it was 50 people here and the Holy Spirit indwelled every one of us, he could use every one of us however he wanted to. Because all of our bodies, male or female, we belong to the Lord, and he, by the Holy Spirit, lives in every one of us. If he has total control of every one of our bodies, shouldn't we get along? Wouldn't we get along? Wouldn't we love each other like we should? Boy, this is easy preaching. But it says, and the life which I now live, now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So there is a reason why we should do what we do. Because we now belong to the Lord and our bodies is his temple. That's where he lives. Now take your Bible and turn to 1 Timothy and chapter 1. 1 Timothy and chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1, and look in verse 16. Verse 16. And verse 16 says, How be it for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. So once you and I trust Christ as Savior, it is the Lord who wants to make us a pattern, just like Paul was. Now, we don't see Paul that we can follow around and see what he's like and what he's doing. We have the Word of God. But every one of us is supposed to be an example of the believer in word and in deed. And so if the Holy Spirit got a hold of me and the Holy Spirit got a hold of you, 
then we both should wind up doing whatever, the, whatever it is God wants us to do. And we ought to do it and be in harmony about doing just that. Take your Bible now and turn to the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians. There's a lot of good information in the book of Colossians. And uh, I want you to look here at this verse 24. Verse 24, chapter 1. In verse 24, Paul is making some statements here for the church, the body. Now, our head is in heaven. We are on the earth. So, I am in him, in the head, in heaven. And he is in me, in my body, on the earth. See, the body is here. The church is here on the earth. And that's us. So, it's Christ in me. He's the head that has control of this body. And the body of believers, he's the head of the church. So we're supposed to find out what is it that is the will of the head. And we're to do that. And so that's why he says this is after the counsel of his own will. This is for his honor and for his glory. So all of us do whatever God wants us to do because we're to magnify the one who did all of this and made it possible for us. So now in verse 24, who now, see the word now, I'm not talking about when we get to heaven, we're not there yet. Our position that we have in Christ is, yeah, that's settled the day you trust the Lord. But now upon the earth, it's Christ in me to do a work in us. And that changes from day to day. And God will bring certain things into our lives and let things happen because he wants us to manifest his character. So Christ in me is supposed to make me like him. When I get to heaven, I will be. And there's no problem. But I'm not there yet. I'm here. So Christ in me is to transform me to be like Christ is. Now that's, once again, easy preaching. And maybe a little on the difficult side. In verse 24, who now rejoice in my suffering for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. So Christ is going to suffer in this world, but he's going to suffer through us. So we're supposed to allow the Lord to use our bodies to suffer for his cause. This is why the Lord told the Apostle Paul, I will show him what great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, isn't that wonderful to know that you're here to suffer for the Lord? See, heaven is such a wonderful place. Just being here in comparison to what heaven is like is a time of suffering. So our whole life, since I trusted the Lord 57 years ago, has been a time of suffering because of what we're being you know, it, we're eliminated from enjoying and having. And here we have all the, the cares and the worries and all that. But Christ in me is supposed to help me to walk through all these things and just to trust him and not worry about anything. How you doing? You worried about anything? Scared? Filled with fear? 
Are you trusting the Lord? Or is the fear an evidence that we might not be? The sleepless nights? Is that a sign we're not really trusting the Lord? We're worried about something? Now, that's a personal thing. You can handle it any way you want to. Now, look what he says here in verse 25. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Now, this is not talking about our position in Christ, because that's done once and for all. You've already been made perfect in Christ. That doesn't change. But I'm not there. I'm here. So Christ in me, now I am to study the word of God so that I can fulfill the will of God here and now. And so he says in verse 26, Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Now what Paul is going to say is, is a reference to us. Uh, why we're here. What does he want to accomplish? What's the goal? What's the purpose? So it's Christ in me. This joyful anticipation to be used by God, to learn from God, because God wants to teach me something. Now, hold your place right here, because I want to show you these couple of verses, but look in Ephesians in chapter 4. Ephesians, and look there in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Because once you have trusted the Lord, and you're now God's child, God does not want you to live in the vanity of your mind. So he says here in verse 17, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth, that means now, here on earth, your purpose in life, while you're on the earth. He said, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, been alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, you see those little words are the life of God? You see, while we are living in this world now, the Lord living within us is the life of God. The life of God living within us to produce in us a life that's like God. And isn't that scary? Do you feel like you're doing pretty good until tonight? And you feel like, man, I've really come short. 